Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to an exciting edition of the Players Be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. And ladies and... Yeah, well, obviously. You're unprepared as usual, and it's fine. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. There are a bunch of brand new, exciting young players, and we're going to mention very few, if any of them. As all three sports have held the draft since the last time we spoke... Today is the All-Star Game for Major League Baseball. Neither Dan nor I have watched it. We didn't watch the Home Run Derby either. But, I, I you know. do have it on, and I watched the first round of the Home Run Derby, and then when Adley got eliminated, I turned mm. it off. Wow. Sure. Anyway, uh, tomorrow is one of the few days on the calendar where no sports are being played, so we figured it would be a great time for us to drop this show. So, Dan, let's begin... Let's begin in the MLB, but let's not begin with the All-Star game. Let's start somewhere else. How do you feel about the city of Oakland, just in general? Not the A's, just in general, the city of Oakland. I don't know much about it, but uh, from what I hear, it's not that great. I kind of get like a dirty feeling when, when I think about it. Like, it's grimy. Like a Raiders fan. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, I guess. Like... I don't know, it just, meh, but not like a good, meh, like a, I would never want to go there, kind of, meh, especially with yeah, San Francisco right there. my top 1,000 list of places to visit. Like, San Francisco's right there. You know, San Jose, I hear, is super nice, but Oakland is about to be a city without sports, as the Golden State Warriors have moved out of the city, the San Jose Sharks are in San Jose, the Raiders have moved to Vegas, and now the Oakland Athletics have begun the relocation process, according to Commissioner Rob Manfred, although the application is still incomplete. The state of Nevada, and the and I believe it's Clark, is it Clark County? Clark County, yes. Yes, Clark County has approved a fund of $360 million for a 30,000 seat, one point something billion dollar sports complex that will be the new home. Of the athletics, are they going to, or the Las Vegas baseball team, whether they stay the athletics or call themselves something else, is neither here nor there. I have found out that Aces may not be available, given the fact there's a WNBA team called the Aces, and I believe they are in Vegas as well. Yes. Sir. So we, uh, that may be a little bit, uh, we'll have to see on that. What do you think about this whole situation? Uh, I mean, I think. O.co is terrible or whatever it's called now. Um, Be- before you even get any further, did you see what that stadium used to look like before they added all those extra seats for Raiders games? Yeah, it looks pretty good. It, it, it Beautiful. Great view. And you just... Whatever. I'm, the, the, there's a whole different thing on that. Plumbing, it doesn't itself. fix everything else with it. I mean... Here's my thing. The fans talk about it's not the fans that don't – it's the team's fault the fans don't come out, which I don't buy. Mm. I do and I don't. Like, if you put a winner on the field, people are going to come no matter what, unless you're Agreed. in Tampa Bay. Agreed. Unless it's Tampa Bay. But – and I get, you know, the A's have not been good for a long time. Outside of a few years of success that Billy Bean found playing – with some money and they made a movie about it and whatever. When was the last time the A's were good? When Tony La Russa was managing them? When Mark McGuire was still hitting home runs? When Jose Canseco was in an A's uniform? I mean. Wasn't that all a part of the Billy Bean era? Before Billy Bean. 99% sure Billy Bean was still playing in the minor leagues when McGuire got traded to the Cardinals in 97. It's neither here nor there. I could be wrong on that, but yeah. So how do you feel about this and like at at all? I mean, I don't really feel anything about it. I I mean, I feel bad for, I guess, Oakland fans in a sense, like, but at the same time, I feel like we saw this coming three, four years ago. I feel like this is something that's, whether it would have been Vegas or whether it would have been them going somewhere else, like Tahoe or something like that. Tahoe's Um, not big enough for a baseball team. 
but you, you get my point. Um, yeah. Whether whether they would have been going anywhere else, right? Uh, I feel like it was something coming. I feel like no team really wants to be there. Mm. Kind of started with the Warriors and the Sharks even before that. And it's just slowly, gradually mm, kind it of... It started with the Oakland Golden Seals before that even. But it, it's just kind of... It, it doesn't... It, as terrible as it sounds, because I don't want to say it's a sports town, because, I mean... When the Raiders sucked, there were still fans going out to the stadium. The Raiders left for other reasons. So it just doesn't seem like it can it can hold. Do you feel worse about this Oakland thing given that the Raiders jumped first? Like if the if the A's if the A's were the first team to go, I think I would feel better about it if the A's went to Vegas first than the Raiders going there. Because I feel like as established as the A's are in Oakland. The Raider, like Oakland, was the Raiders' city, you know. And yeah, the Raiders I mean, leave. I think it broke large. Yeah, they still get a large part of their fan base from that area as well. Um, no, nah, I mean I don't really feel bad. It's a terrible stadium. No, agreed. But it, I mean, it is what. How it is. long till they tear it down? That's the real question. Does Major League Baseball give them an expansion team? Who Oakland? Yeah. No, not if that's the stadium. Maybe. Um, how long until the NBA goes to Vegas? Uh, I think that would be on their short list of teams, uh, places to expand. Like Vegas, you think Seattle. Vegas, Seattle, maybe Montreal, maybe St. Louis. I don't see them going. I don't see them putting another team north of the border. They still got a team in Vancouver? They failed, right? The Grizzlies moved. Correct. Okay. So, yeah, you go to Seattle and and Vegas probably, and then you move a team from the west to the east or maybe do away with conferences altogether. I don't know. But how, you didn't answer my question. How long until the NBA puts a team in Vegas? Five years? I'm going to say, yeah, five, that literally was about to come off my tongue. Maybe a five-year, uh, five years. Hmm. Every sport go to 32 teams then. I think we made, I think there's going to be a sport that goes to 36. Hmm. It seems like it waters down competition to me. Anyway, the all-star game is tonight. In fact, it's being played right now. And I did some research earlier today and I looked for all-star game snubs. Really, only two stuck out to me, and I know you feel very strongly about one. And one of them, I understand why he's a snub. Fernando Tatis is a snub because of the PEDs. I get it. Agree he or no? Has only, he's played half, like half the first half, so he's been good enough. He, yeah, I would say he's been good enough. He could be there. He's going to be a 30-30 guy this year. Agreed. The other guy's Tyler Wells. He gives up a lot of home runs. It's the All-Star game. That's what people want to see. Nobody watches an All-Star game for pitching. I think with – so here's the thing. Is Wells kind of a snub? Yes. But with the O's having four guys there, it's kind of hard to argue oh, against him not being there. Agreed. But the O's have I mean, also I'm, had – I'm surprised one. you don't have uh, another guy on this list. Who? Goldschmidt? Yeah. Yeah. The Cardinals haven't played well enough to deserve any more than their token representation. Fair enough. Um, thank God for the injuries, right? Because injuries have made this list a lot shorter. Guys like Aaron Judge going down and Clayton Kershaw going down have taken injury replacements that have cut this list down by a lot. But is the All-Star game still a thing? Like being named an All Star, obviously, is you know, is is a great achievement. But is the All Star game really needed anymore for any sport? Like the Pro Bowl's gone, you know. I mean, we've had we've had this conversation for a while. Like we I've every All Star game that comes around, we had this conversation. To me, I mean, I would say the one that I enjoyed the most is I enjoy basketball and hockey All Star games the most because they're not they're not All Star games. They're offensive ex yeah. Ex, Exactly. So that's why I enjoy those the most. Um, and they're just fun way to do it. I think that 
I don't, there's really not a way for baseball to kind of make this funner, more fun. Um, not funner, mm. um, it's, it, it is what it is. Like, there's really not, I mean, what are you going to do? Pitch, hit, steal, run type, like, it is I mean, what it is. I think the all-star voting, I think all-star voting is, is terrible. That's my biggest. Well, how do you right. name an all-star then? Because the sports writers are corrupt. You know what? It should be voted on by the players. Hmm. And you can't vote for yourself or your teammates. I disagree with that one. You should no, you I mean, can't I vote th- for yourself. That's fine. But you can definitely, you should definitely be able to vote for your teammates. Or but it's just based off stats. It's based off, you know. So subject. What stat do you use? War, B war, P ref, fit. You come up. Fit you plus, come up with a. You come up with like a formula to to. To where it's a weighted scale or whatever. Um, so you you that people will get shot over that. I mean, I'm not saying that. I just feel like all star voting is is terrible. I mean, what year was it? 2015. 2015, when every single Kansas City Royal was voted on as a starter, besides hey. one position. Hey, and that was Mike Trout, by the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it. You know, like system's broke it's broke but i don't know i just i think i'm kind of over it you know like i feel like the all-star game was a good way for people in cities that you know a national league city that never sees american league players somebody got to watch an american league player we have interleague plague now on a balanced schedule don't need to do that i just watched felix batista light one to the backstop i love this guy (laughs) <laughs> do you know what my man's do you know what my man's k per nine is what's that yes i just want you to end it's 16.9 18 that is ridiculous uh let's move along to the home run derby is this still needed and is um, the home run derby more of a thing more of a spectacle to watch the all-star game itself yes it's more of a spectacle i absolutely hate the bracket though I do, too. Would you rather have it like a round-robin thing where all eight players hit and they take the top four? Yes, you can, yes, have all eight players hit, take the top four, and then if you want to break it down into a a 1v1, rather than doing another round-robin, do that. Yeah, I I like that theory better, but it's, or that theory, that idea better. Um, Randy (laughs) Rosarena and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. met in the finals. Two of the most bombastic if you want to go that route, uh, players in baseball. Rose Reina is a superstar, not just from the way he plays, but is je ne sais quoi, if you will. And Vladimir Guerrero is a superstar, albeit playing in Toronto. That was Could good you for picture baseball. picture if either one of those guys were playing, like... In New York? In New York. In Boston. Boston in L.A.? LA. Chicago, even well, maybe not Chicago. Midwest no, gets mean, Chicago, forgotten a lot. I mean, no, Midwest gets forgotten a lot. Nobody cares about the Midwest. It's one of the coasts. Uh, the Cubbies. The, the, the yeah, Cubbies I, 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 I still don't. No. I mean, a Rose Rainer should get the hell really? out of Tampa Bay so people can actually watch this man play. And Vlad Jr., Toronto, he's keeping the Blue Jays relevant, but wasn't I mean, good he, for he baseball. He deserves to be there, right? Yeah, oh, Absolutely. Was it good for baseball? Uh, his dad played in a bunch of places. His dad played in a lot of places. Uh, Anaheim. He played Montreal. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. And Washington. And I think he spent time in L.A., maybe Philadelphia. I don't know. He played in a bunch of places. But it was good for baseball, right, to have two literal starts. The, the only thing that could have made this better would have been if it was Otani and Trout. Or Otani and Judge. Agreed? Well, there's, well, there's no, I mean. You're maybe, telling me you wouldn't watch a home run derby if it was Shohei Otani and Mike Trout or, or Mike Trout or Aaron Judge in the finals? That that I mean, I, I personally would rather see Trout and Judge if I have to pick between those three. With Otani pitching to him? Sure. That would have been the thing. Like, that's what I want to see. You want to give me an all-star game? Fine. No position players play in the field. 
literally everybody gets 15 pitches from a pitcher and it's a home run derby. You just swing for the fences and you get points for as far as you hit the baseball and pitchers get points. And at the end, the teams get added up and that's it. And the managers can arrange their batting order and arrange their pitch in order, whatever way they want. They have to announce it before the game. That way you can get, well, hey, I got Aaron Judge batting last. I got Shohei Otani pitching last. Granted, they're both in the American League until Otani gets traded later this season. But still, and, you know, it's really close on points. And now it's going to be a battle if it comes down to the final few pitches. I would watch the shit out of that. But that's just me. What do you think? Sure. I mean, I, the baseball all-star game just isn't for me, any of it. I, where is Felix Batista's control right now? That's concerning going into the second half of the season. And Adley's behind the plate catching him. Is he that nervous? Um, I mean, did you look see at what the game? home run derby did to Bobby Abreu one year, though, too. He hit, like, 40 home runs in a round and then hit, like, seven the rest of the year. Did you – um? Did you see ESPN's blunder with Vlad Guerrero saying he was the first Cuban-born Yeah, uh, I mean, the fact that he's not Cuban. <laughs> right. And the fact and the that fact, his dad won. And the fact that he was raised in Canada. Well, he's half Dominican, yeah. But uh, speaking of his dad, did you know that Vlad- the Vladimir Guerreros are the first father and son duo to win a home run derby? I did know that. Now, ESPN mentioned it about 45 times. I, I did not watch the Derby, so I didn't know. Now, I'm going to ask you this. One, the most prolific second-generation baseball player, home run hitter, Ken Griffey Jr., far and away. His mm-hmm. dad could smash the baseball, too. If it was the Griffeys in their primes, well, let's say in the one year they played together, or um, the first year they played together, which would have been Griffey's rookie year, Versus Vladimir Guerrero in his prime and his son today. Most home runs, who wins that? Oh, the Guerreros. You think? Yeah. I mean, how many swings and misses would there be? Because it would be like none. Or how many how many taken pitches would there be? Because I'm pretty sure it'd be none as much as uh, Vlad swung at just about everything and made contact with a lot of stuff. Let's move along. Eloy De La Cruz. Big story in baseball. He stole three bases on two pitches. He's a superstar. He's a, Man, he's a rookie. Reds fans are just, just so you know, Reds fans are just as annoying as, as every other fan base in baseball. No, as Bengals fans. They're the same people. And no, 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 no. I take issue with that because there is no such thing as a Reds fan. You have about 5,000 people that are Reds fans and about 30 other thousand that this kid and Joey Votto has made into casual fans. Nobody cares about the Reds outside of those two players and the big red machine from the 70s. The Reds have no following. They're like Pittsburgh Pirate fans for a lot of the same reasons because there's a lot of overlap in the family trees there. But to answer your question, yes, this guy is a um, is a monster in the making. Um, if Corbin Carroll, for some reason, cannot play, I think he comes and steals the Rookie of the Year. I think he absolutely is the Rookie of the Year right now. No, he's not. Corbin mm-hmm. Carroll is hands down the Rookie of the Year. Okay. In the Who is voting for the Rookie of the Year award? It doesn't I, – I can tell you Vegas has right. – No, no, I don't care about what Vegas has because Vegas is, was dead wrong from the beginning of the year. Who votes for the Rookie of the Year award? Uh, isn't it the writers? The writers, correct. How many times have the writers voted for a good story instead of the right player? How is this a good story? The guy is a superstar in the making. Corbin Carroll is a great player. A Corbin Carroll is a superstar currently. He's the best player in the Diamondbacks. He's the reason why the Diamondbacks – he's, like, literally one of the top okay. reasons why the Diamondbacks right. are in there. And go look at all the stats. There's he's no a, way that okay. if Corbin Carroll plays a full season and Eloy – or Ellie. It's not even Eloy. It's Ellie De La Cruz. Whatever. Um, there, there's no right. way okay. that Ellie wins it. Now, let me ask you this. For one, it's a West Coast player that isn't in L.A. For two – Turn on SportsCenter on any given day. Do you think they give Corbin Carroll updates? No. People want to see what 
Ellie De La Cruz has done recently because he is a charismatic player. Corbin Carroll is a great player, superstar in the making, but he plays in Arizona. Nobody watches Diamondbacks games. Nobody tunes into Diamondbacks games. Cincinnati Reds play in the Eastern time zone. People will watch them. People will watch them just for him. ESPN will back that kid because he is an exciting player. If you want to make a bet against the two, barring injury. No, I'm not going to bet against you for anything because Jordan Walker, Vegas had Jordan Walker as the odds-on favorite to be a rookie of the year player. And the Cardinals have straight screwed that young man. And he has a negative war, despite the fact he's, he's a good offensive player because of defense. He ain't even going to get a considered a smell because Vegas was wrong. That's why I put no stock in Vegas odds anymore. When it comes to baseball. Lord knows they rigged the NFL. Right now. Right now. Sure. But if Ellie keeps doing what he does. Baseball writers are going to vote for the good story, especially if it's close. Let's move on. Let's talk about the MLB draft. We can talk about it next time. I'll say that's my thoughts. Exactly. It's probably the draft that matters the least out of all of them. Wouldn't you say I won money on the, I won money on the first overall pick. So. Right. But outside, like I've never heard of any of those guys. Granted, I don't watch a lot of college baseball, but. Or high school um, I mean, the, the first two picks, the first two picks are pretty big guys, both coming out of LSU who just won the College World right. Series. First time teammates so, have been drafted together in the history. Yeah. Of the draft. So, I mean, uh, then the, the high school kid was getting a lot of steam to go first overall as well. Um, I think but he ended still, up going. Are, are any of these guys going to be on an MLB roster next year? No, no, never. Now, look at the other sports. OK, the first round players in basketball and in football chances are they're going to be on their team's roster the top half of the first round in hockey has a very good shot at being on the roster Connor Bedard is going to be a star in Chicago next this coming year like his jersey is one of the top sellers in the NHL oh that's getting sold everywhere Canada America well the Blackhawks jersey is one of the best looking jerseys in hockey White, black, red, it's all of it's good. I own one and I'm a blues fan and it's I haven't worn it, but I own it because it looks amazing. But yeah, despite that, Connor Bedard is going to be a huge star and he went number one overall. The number one overall NFL pick used to get hundreds of millions of dollars, Sam Bradford, whether he earned it or not. You know, basketball players, if they didn't have the CBA structure the way they do, they would get the same thing. Baseball number one overall picks, you don't see them for two years. If you're True. lucky. That's why the baseball draft is one of the least making headlines out of all of them. Um, Let's move along. And I I wanted to bring this up because I came across this meme earlier today, and I thought it was really interesting, Dan. I'm going to give you a player's name, and I want you to tell me the Major League Baseball team that drafted them. Some of these are going to be pretty obvious. Some of them aren't. You ready to play? Yeah, let's go. Let's play. Patrick Mahomes. Detroit Tigers. Because you just saw it on the same screen I'm looking at. Yes, he was drafted in the 37th round in 2014 by the Tigers in 2017. He was the 10th overall pick for the Chiefs. I think he made the right decision. Kyler Murray. Uh, Oakland Athletics. That is true. Ninth overall, 2018, so pretty highly ranked. And the following year, he was drafted first overall by the Arizona Cardinals. I'm, he made the right decision monetarily, obviously. Yeah. But no, that's the right decision. Yeah. Tom Brady. Montreal Expos. You know this one because we talked about it a few weeks ago. 18th round, 1995 as a catcher and wound up being one of the best pitching the football. He was 199th overall, sixth round, 2000 New England Patriots. Uh, Jameis Winston. No idea. Texas Rangers, 15th round, 2012. He was the first overall pick in 2015 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right choice. Russell Wilson. Those. 
Baltimore Orioles. That is correct. Fourth round, 2010, one of the highest rated or one of the highest picked football players that were drafted in the MLB. Uh, he was the 75th overall, a third round pick in 2012 to Seattle. How about Shaq Thompson? I don't know where Shaq went. The Bo Sox, 18th round, 2012, three years later, 25th overall to the Carolina Panthers. Here's a blast from the past. Bo Jackson. Casey. I looked this up and I was very shocked. He went in the fourth round in 1986, the exact same year he was drafted first overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So how did he get to the Chiefs? Or he didn't play for the Chiefs, did he? How did he get to the Raiders? That's interesting. Golden Tate. No idea. 42nd round. I don't even think they have a 42nd round anymore, do they? Doesn't it only go to like 12 or 15? Uh, By the San Francisco Giants in 2007. In 2010, he was the 60th overall pick, which I do believe at that time was the very last pick of the second round, by the Seattle Seahawks. John Elway. No idea. The New York Yankees, second round, 1991. He was the first overall pick in 1983. That's wrong. That's supposed to be 81. Uh, He was the first overall pick in 1983 by the Baltimore Colts and leveraged not signing with the Colts to a deal to Denver. Uh, Interesting fun fact here. Had Elway quit the NFL after the 1984-85 season, George Steinbrenner planned on using Elway as the team's starting right fielder in 1985. Made the right choice there, I think. Colin Kaepernick. Oh, the Cubbies. Yeah, 43rd round, 2009. He was drafted 36th overall in the second round in 2011 to the San Francisco Giants. Mike Vick. No idea. 30th round to the Colorado Rockies in 2000. The next year, he was the first overall pick by the Atlanta Falcons. Do you know who Ken Stabler is? Nope. Oh, my gosh. I hate that you're not a historian. Ken Stabler is one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played with the Oakland Raiders. He was drafted in the as the 52nd overall pick in the NFL-AFL draft, the second round by the Raiders in 1966. He was also a 10th round pick of the Houston Astros. How about Neon Dion? The Yankees. He was drafted in the 30th round, 1988, by the New York Yankees, and he was the fifth overall pick. I didn't realize he went that high in 1989 to the Atlanta Falcons. How about Dante Culpepper? The Yankees. 26th overall in 1995, 11th overall to the Minnesota Vikings. I thought he was higher than that. One in 95, the Vikings in 99. Last one, Dan Marino. No idea. Kansas City Royals, fourth round, 1979. In 1983, he was the 27th and second-to-last pick of the first round by the Miami Dolphins. Here's an interesting thing about Dan Marino. He was the sixth quarterback drafted in 1983. Can you name any of the ones that were drafted ahead of him besides the one we already mentioned in John Elway? Uh, Jim Kelly? Jim Kelly was 14th overall to Buffalo. I don't think you're going to get any of the rest of them. There was also Todd Blackledge, the seventh overall pick to Kansas City, Tony Eason, the 15th overall pick to New England, and Ken O'Brien, the 24th overall pick to the New York Jets. I almost called them the New Jersey Jets, which wouldn't be inaccurate as well. There were also seven Hall of Famers drafted in that first round. Other than Elway, Marino, and Kelly, how many other ones can you name? Uh. Yeah, that's what I thought. Eric Dickerson was the second overall pick to the Rams. Jim Colbert, an offensive tackle, was sixth overall to Chicago. Bruce Matthews. You may know Bruce Matthews or a member of his family because chances are you rooted for one of them. He was an offensive tackle who went ninth overall to the Oilers. He is the brother of Clay Matthews Jr., who should be in the Hall of Fame and isn't. He is the father of Kevin Matthews and Jake Matthews, who I believe are both offensive tackles. And he is the uncle to Clay Matthews III and Casey Matthews. We all know who Clay Matthews III is, a great Green Bay Packer, and I believe he finished his career with the Rams. And Casey Matthews is a linebacker. The other Hall of Famers were also Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and Daryl Green, cornerback 28th overall to Washington. That's a pretty good draft. You get seven Hall of Famers out of that and arguably two or three of the best quarterbacks ever. It's pretty good. 
one thing I wanted to bring up, I found a list of some other players who played in different sports since we brought up the being drafted and being two sport athletes. Mookie Betts, did you know he was a professional bowler? Yep, he's bowled on the PBA tour multiple times. Madison Baumgartner uh, apparently is a team roper in the rodeo under the name Mason Sanders or Saunders, whatever. He might going to be doing that full time now. I don't think so. Not with the money that Arizona's paying him. Uh, Gene Connolly. He's not even on the roster. Really? Yeah, he got cut like over a month ago. Huh. Well, he's still getting paid. Uh, Gene Connolly. Now, I had to look this guy up, but uh, you may know him as being a reserve for three NBA championship teams for the Boston Celtics, but he was also a a three-time National League All-Star with the Milwaukee Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies with a lifetime record of 91 and 96. But either way, that's still pretty good to be an All-Star and an NBA champion. Chuck Connors, does that name ring a bell to you? No, not really. I'll bet you it would to your dad or maybe even your grandfather. He played for the Celtics from 46 to 48, and he also played for the Montreal Royals the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Chicago Cubs, but his claim to fame is as the rifleman, a uh, Western in the sixties. Uh, pretty good. My dad used to like that show. Uh, Bob Gibson and Ferguson Jenkins. You know, those two names, right? I know Bob Gibson. Yeah. You don't know who Ferguson Jenkins is. No. One of the best players to never play in the playoffs, Chicago Cub legend, second best Cub, arguably, with Ryan Sandberg behind Ernie Banks. Uh, he was the Cub equivalent to Bob Gibson. They both played for the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, Brian Jordan. Ring a bell to you? Nope. He was a St. Louis Cardinal and a St. Louis Cardinal baseball player and an Atlanta Falcon defensive back. He was on the other side of the field from Neon Dion. Uh, now, this guy, I guarantee you won't know, Cumberland Posey. He is the only member of the Baseball and Basketball Hall of Fame. He was one of the founding members of the Negro Leagues, and he – got to check what I wrote here. Uh, In basketball, he was recognized as the best African-American player of the first two decades of the 20th century, so obviously one of those legacy guys. How about Danny Ainge? Probably know him as as an executive. Uh, He also played for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Michael Jordan. You know who Michael Jordan is. Obviously. Uh, Terry Bradshaw. Interesting thing about Terry Bradshaw. He once held the U.S. national record for throwing a javelin at 244 feet, 11 and three quarter inches. Does that shock you? He threw it almost a football field. Terry Bradshaw. Uh, Jim Brown is an All-American in the lacrosse. He played basketball, baseball and ran track at Syracuse University, getting all the letters. Uh, he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and the College Football Hall of Fame. Big, big fan of lacrosse. Uh, George Hallis. You know who George Hallis is? Nope. You know who George Hallis is. Come on. Chicago, yeah. Great Chicago Bears coach. One of the founding guys of the Bears. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Either way, it's, he's, he's a pretty big name, Dan. But he replaced Babe Ruth at, as a brief trial in the Yankees' right field. Kind of weird that he's one of the greatest football coaches of all time, Dan. And he replaced Babe Ruth. Uh, Tim Tebow. Do you know who Tim Thank Tebow is? Mets. Well, that's minor leagues. Uh, Herschel Walker. You know who Herschel Walker is? Yes, he was in the Winter Olympics. As a bobsled pusher in 1992. Pat White. Remember Pat White? OU quarterback? No, not really. Won the Heisman Trophy? Nope. Anyway, he was cut from the Miami Dolphins in 2010, and the Kansas City Royals selected him not once, not twice, not three times, but four. Selected him four times to play for the Royals. Don't believe he ever did. And Jim Riley is the only person to have played in both the NHL and the MLB as he played for the Blackhawks and the Detroit Cougars. Way long ago, almost a century ago, and with the Seattle Metropolitans. Uh, he also made it to the majors with the Browns and the Senators, who are now the Rangers and the Orioles in reverse. Any of that interest to you? Was any of that interesting, Dan, or are we just going to deal with this general malaise you got going on? 
No, I mean, there was some of it that kind of surprised me. You're a terrible co-host. Anyway, let's move along to the NHL. Let's talk about their draft. And the big name in that draft we already mentioned was Connor Bedard. There were no big trades at the draft. There were no real big trades that happened on July 1st. Big trades aren't happening this season. Well, all of them happened at the deadline. Or a few weeks before the deadline. All the player movement already happened. We're not going to see very much left in the NHL offseason. You're going to get our full breakdown of where everybody went when we do our NHL preview next month. Does Connor Bedard make the Blackhawks a playoff team? This season? No. Yes. No. Okay. Con- I agree with Con- you. Con- Connor Bedard maybe helps them and the moves that they've made. Maybe you see a at the most, I would say a 20-point increase on, from their total. So that's, that's a big increase in the NHL. Well, that's why I said at most. I mean, they have made they've made some other pretty good moves too, as well. They've they've signed a lot of supporting pieces. I'll give you that. But um, either way, fuck Chicago. Everybody that's ever played, in, well, everybody that plays in Chicago. Anyway, let's move along. Let's talk about the NBA draft. Dan, who went number one overall to the Spurs? Victor Wembanyama. I would have loved to hear you say that name because for some That's reason I, I, can't say, I can't say NHL names and you can't say NBA names. Yeah. I love it. Um, so he went to the, to the San Antonio Spurs. They got themselves another generational player, big man, whatever. Will he be the Admiral? Will he be Tim Duncan? Probably not. Uh, his, his, his debut in the summer league wasn't good against the Charlotte summer league team. He had nine points, eight rebounds. He did have five blocks, but went two for 13 from the field. Is that worrisome? No, because he he bounced back the very next night with 27 and 12. But still, for your, I mean. Oh, uh, I mean, look. Uh, yes, it, it, for, for, for him being a a French guy, um, it's pretty funny. He's French? That he can, yes, he's French. Hmm. So is Rudy Gobert. Wasn't Tony Parker French too? Yes. Um, hmm. Maybe the Spurs got something. Um, but uh, as far as this, I mean, yes, it's, it's a pretty funny stat line, but at the same time, he did back, bounce back the next night. If you watch him play, though, I am concerned about his game. Um, I've, I've, I've watched a little bit of each of them. Um, I've seen some good things. I've seen some bad things. But one of the things that concerns me is, is he's big and he's slender. Yeah, he's lanky to, guy. He's going to have to put on some muscle or just learn how to – to work these guys down in the post because right now what he's looking at, he's not dominating these guys the way he was dominating players overseas. So um, I think the expectations for him may be a little He was dominating players high. overseas because he was five inches taller than everybody else on the court. I mean, re- regardless, he he's going to be a good player. I just think maybe it was – I think maybe the hype – I don't think he's a lock for rookie of the year. I'll put it that way, which a lot of people do. Look, there are a lot of there are a lot of people that firmly believe that the NBA is going more and more to that to getting after these Eastern European guys. Especially, you know, you got the two big ones with Jochik and Luka, right? Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. Sure, whatever, fine. Um so maybe he got a little bit of, hey, he's an Eastern European guy and he's big, so maybe we should go after him. But the way I always saw it, I would draft a college player 100% of the time over somebody that came from Eastern Europe or Europe in general. Because I know the college player can play. I know what competition he's played against. He's played against competition. He's going to see at the next level. And the level of coaching between a guy you're going to get in a French elite league versus a guy like Coach K, there's a little bit of a difference there. Like by a lot. That That's just I me. Anyway, I, go ahead. I go, hear go. you. I, I'm just going to disagree slightly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know if I would have taken first overall if I was a Spurs, but I'm also not an NBA executive, so. Lord knows that's true. Anyway, the NBA did make another headline today is the Board of Governors have unanimously approved not one, but two rule changes for the upcoming season. The first one, they have the same challenge rule that every other league has for their challenge rules. 
I believe baseballs is a little bit different, but they have the NFL challenge rule where you get one right, you get a second one. The only difference is if you get one right, you get your timeout back. If you get the second one right, you still don't get your timeout back in the NBA, which is just stupid. But it is what it is. Um, the other one that they added in, the flopping rule. Dan, flopping. How do you feel about flopping in the NBA? I honestly feel like it's a part of the game. And I feel like they're doing too much to take it out of it. I feel like it was getting a little out of hand there for a few years. But I feel like that is, I honestly feel like that's a skill. I genuinely do. Okay. To be able to sell that, I mean, to be able to sell that the way you do, to be able to just kind of throw your body on the ground and and oversell it. Um, I'm not a big fan of this rule, Mm -hmm. to be completely honest. That may be the dumbest, serious take you've ever had that wasn't a troll job. Why? Flopping is a part of the game. Yes. That's like saying in the NHL that, you know, slashing a guy's wrist to try to hurt him is a part of the game. It absolutely is. It is, but it shouldn't be. That's like saying in Major League Baseball, hitting a guy in the face is part of the game. Yes, it is, but it absolutely shouldn't be. No, it's a stupid thing that was in. The, we're gonna get into the soccer discussion again, and I can't get into the soccer so, discussion again because I, I, I don't so want to get that me, excited. Let me rephrase this. What I don't agree with is if you call a flop, if 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 you call the foul, that's when it should be reviewed. I don't agree with the fact that play is can continue on, and then you're based off what you've described to me, because I didn't know that this passed. Yeah. Based off the way I am, I'm understanding this play can go on till the end of the possession of the next dead ball. Right. Well, well I'm going to give you the actual, my paraphrasing, it's exactly what I told you. Uh, refs can call the flop on the next stoppage of play and an unsportsmanlike technical foul is called one shot. However, there is no change of possession. So say LeBron on his offensive drive to the lane, Sells a flop like he's been shot in the head and really nobody touched him. And then the Mavericks go down and score. The Lakers go down and score. The Mavericks score again. And then there's a timeout. Then the referee can call a flop on LeBron that happened a minute of game time ago. The Lakers would keep the ball, but Dallas would still get a shot. Yeah, so I I completely disagree with that. I hate that. I hate that. That should be called immediately and the game should be stopped. Correct. Yeah, that, that's that's my bigger issue with it. I don't, I don't mind them calling flops or them reviewing it in real time. I don't mind that. Um, right. But I'm, I don't like the fact that you can Here, go two and a half, three minutes of full game time, full right. gameplay, and then all of a sudden you're coming out of a TV timeout and the team has a tech, uh, has a one shot technical. Well, here's here's the other thing, too. A flop can if a flop is called, it cannot be reviewed. However, if during the review of a different play, for example, say, you know, the ref called a flagrant one when, you know, one of the Mavericks, you know, quote, elbowed LeBron in the face, causing him to miss the shot. So the ref throws his hand up, you know, tees the guy up. They're going to review it. And then they see, hey, he didn't touch him. We're going to call a flop on LeBron. Fine. But you say they call the flop on LeBron in the first place, and the guy actually breaks LeBron's nose. They can't review that play. That makes no sense. It abs- You either review it all or you review nothing. It's the same thing that the NFL did with their pass interference qualifications for review. You oh, either boy, have- I can't wait till we talk about the new NFL rules this year on an upcoming show. Exactly. Like, you should be able – non-reviewable plays should never happen. You can either review, if you're going to have review, you review all of it. Now, there are plays that shouldn't be challenged. Like, baseball shouldn't have the ability to challenge a play to stop the game, especially with the pitch clock and everything else. The NFL shouldn't have the ability to challenge whether or not a lineman jumped early. I get that. But everything should be reviewable. Everything should be able to be stopped by the league office or the eye in the sky or whatever to stop the play, to have a play reviewed, teams should have limited challenging capabilities. That's my thought. 
Agree or disagree? I, I think we uh, I think we agree on this. I think we agree on the rule itself. I'm all for more strict penalties for flopping. I think it should come with three strikes and you're out, and after the third strike, you get a game suspension. It should be. That's where we'll disagree, but we can we can discuss that on a different day. It should be fine A, bigger fine B, huge fine C. Next one's a suspension. But that's neither here nor there. Let's move on to some of the stuff on the periphery of sports. Robbie Lawler, the great UFC former welterweight champion, retired and retired in grand fashion with a knockout in his final fight. In under 60 seconds. You're a UFC guy. Talk to me about Robbie Lawler. Uh, Robbie Lawler probably had the greatest fight I've ever seen against Rory McDonald in his first fight. That fight Um, is in the UFC Hall of Fame by the way. As it should be, because like I said, I that is probably the best fight I've ever seen. Those two guys were monsters. Um, mm-hmm. That was a career-defining moment for Lawler, and that was a, a for lack of a better explanation, a career-ending moment for McDonald, uh, for Rory. So, I mean, this guy deserves to be where he is in the Hall of Fame already. Um, just watching mm-hmm. him. He's not in, in the Hall of Fame as an individual fighter yet. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He went in this mm-hmm. past weekend. Well, there you go. Is that why you retired? Uh, no, I don't believe that's why he retired. Um, at least I'm pretty sure he's in the Hall of Fame. Now you got me questioning it. I'm I didn't see it, it on the uh, on his Wikipedia page, but I could be wrong there. Anyway, um, uh, Lawler is was 30, 16, 0 and 1, 22 wins came via knockout. He was a one-time UFC welterweight champion and had two title defenses, successful title defenses, before losing the belt. Uh, I believe last year, or the year before last. Here before last. So that brings me to the next UFC fight that everybody wants to see. Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk. Yes, Elon Musk's uh, really, really quickly, Robbie Lawler is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, there you go. Uh, Elon Musk's mother, who apparently has all the money, shut this down. And judging by some pictures I've seen of Mark Zuckerberg while he's training in some form of martial arts, probably a good thing. What do you think about that, Dan? Uh, I would have bet on Elon. You know what it reminds me of? Being the fact that we don't see Zuckerberg talk hardly at all anymore. If e- Elon Musk is that big, burly, bully football player kind of guy in high school. And Mark Zuckerberg is the quiet kid that's got a hoodie over his eyes and just sits there and draws in his notebook. Who you know is like super smart but doesn't say anything but it quietly has some rage. And he's just going to beat the crap out of that bully. And I Listen, feel like that's what I'm going to have to you about this. OK, sure. Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard man. Oh, my God. Here we go again. And Elon Musk is a robot. Elon Musk is not a robot. He is a robot-esque human with a tiny alien inside control again. So we're so going the lizard. Okay. The lizard would have to try to find a way to the lizard man would have to try to find a way to not pop the head of the robot alien off hmm. because then they expose each other, right? So what do you smoke today? Nothing. Are you sure? What you 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 don't believe in reptilians? We're not having this discussion again, not on a show. Anyway, let's move along. Let's talk about something that made about as much sense as a Mark Zuckerberg Elon Musk fight. The NASCAR, in their infinite wisdom, shut down parts of Chicago, one of the most populous cities in the U.S., for a race on streets that were arguably too narrow and caused quite the kerfuffle. What were your thoughts on the Chicago race? I absolutely love this race once the track dried out. Uh, We saw one of the greatest road races that I think we will ever see. Well, obviously, as of right now, it's the only road race, the only street road race in NASCAR history. But it was great. Uh, I really wish the weather would have been a lot better because the rain really put a damper on this weekend. Um, but in Southern California. But from from what it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's very mixed reviews everywhere. Some people hated it. Some people loved it. Right. I feel like most of the people that hated it are more of those NASCAR purists that also hate Bubba Wallace for unnamed reasons. Oh, uh, no, that's a very named reason why they hate him. Starts but, with an uh, R. But that's how I feel about it. I thought it was a great race, man. I thought this was one of the – and I feel like we saw one of the best finishes. NASCAR called this race 25 laps short with roughly about 20 – with roughly about like 30 to go before the finish. 
uh, SVG Shane Van Gisberg, who was an Australian supercar driver, drove back up through the field after being in the top 10, getting caught in a bad situation because of the way they did it, passed about passed over 10 cars to take this lead. So anybody that says you couldn't pass, you couldn't do any of that, you wouldn't have seen one of the best uh, one of the best races ran by a NASCAR driver in his rookie NASCAR race. The first well, time this has been... Yeah, a non-traditional NASCAR driver. Well, a non-conditional... Well, this is the first time since, I want to say it was like 1960, a rookie NASCAR driver won a race in their first race. Now, he is a race car driver. He drives cars very similar. So some people will say, well, it's not really that. Based off what it was, that's exactly what it was. And that's the first time I've seen that. I have an issue with that because anybody that has ever watched a NASCAR race, there's nothing anywhere close to it. Trucks, even the NASCAR truck races are different. He drives drives rally supercars, which are very similar to the next-gen cars. No, they're not. They are – okay, even if they are – Driving a rally car on a rally car racetrack and driving on a NASCAR racetrack, even if it is a street track, it's like saying, hey, I can hit a curveball off a high school player when I was 15, so I should be able to go to the all-star game and hit that Felix Hernandez throwing his junk or be able to hit Mariano Rivera in Game 7 of the World Series. You have a better shot. But I'm not going to get an no. you're not going to get an argument out of me because I agree with you. I'm just saying it was mixed reviews. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If I'm rating this out of a scale of one to five stars, uh, just four. like some trash, I, I'm actually giving this like a four point three. OK, um, is this the future of NASCAR? No. This give is just me this a, once a, a one off. OK, no, no. give me this once a year in Chicago or you want it to like go to different cities. So I would actually love to see it in Chicago with no rain. Huh. Very well. Let's talk about stuff that is on, you know, stuff you may not have heard of. Alvin Kamara took a plea deal. His felony is now a misdemeanor. He will spend no time in jail, get 30 hours of community service, have to pay $105,000 in medical bills as ordered by the court. He also settled out of court with the vi- alleged, I guess. Can we say alleged if he pleaded out? Victim. Uh I think we still say alleged because it was not proven in a court, right? Correct. But if he pled guilty to a misdemeanor, that means that means he accepted blame, right? So it's something happened. Um, we'll have to talk to a lawyer about this. I work for a bunch of them. Anyway, uh, he can still face discipline by the NFL. Should he? Yes, based off the NFL's history. Yes, How much? Six? Eight? Four. Four. Not fair. Give him, give him eight. Let him appeal to six. Actually, let him get four. Gotcha. The Ben Roethlisberger rule. All right. Uh, speaking of NFL players, Tim Tebow has announced he is going to try to bring an East Coast Hockey League team to Utah. For those of you that don't know, that is the AA affiliate of the NHL. They have teams all around the country, including the Wheeling Nailers, who are 10 minutes away from my house. What should he call the team in Utah, Dan? I have no idea because we are one whole season away from this, and I don't know anything about Utah. Well, this is where it starts. You can't say, hey, I'm going to have a team in six months. You got to get a building ready. The Utah what? Valleys. The Utah Valleys. Yeah. That's the best thing you can come up with. On the fly, that's what you're getting, bud. The Utah Valleys. What do you got? Tell me what you got here. I didn't ask uh, you. Didn't ask me the question. I asked you. Ed, what would you name his ECH the Mormons, team? the prophets, the singers? You know, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir is in Salt Lake City. Choir is in Salt Lake City. You could call them the Fishermen. You could call them the Mountain Men. Give them something grizzly because you know the Great Lakes are in Utah, or the Great Salt Lake is in Utah. The Rocky Mountains are in Utah. The skiers, the Alpines, some the abominable snowmen because. The ECHL and their nicknames are amazing. The Valleys. That's the best you got. You're pathetic. Anyway, the New York Times is scrapping their sports section. This seems like big news, Dan, but is it? Uh, The Times fake news. Detroit hasn't won a playoff game since 2013. Does that shock you? And I already know your answer. You better say what you told me. That did shock me because it felt like it was a lot sooner for the Tigers. 
The Wings and Tigers both last won their playoff games in 2013, the Pistons in 2008, and the Detroit Lions in 1991. Is there a more depressing city than Detroit? Oakland? (laughs) The fact that we said that at the same time was hilarious. I would have said Buffalo, but, you know, Josh Allen's kind of turned that around. And honestly, the Sabres are only finished one point out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, they're going to be good next year. Tage Thompson, the Blues got a good deal about trading him to Buffalo because we got Ryan O'Reilly and and a Stanley Cup. But Tage Thompson's going to be a superstar. Um, An interesting thing about Detroit. So I came across this in 2007. Pavel Datsuk, you know who Pavel Datsuk is? I do not. He's one of the, named by the NHL, one of the 100 greatest players of all time. If you go to YouTube, and I want you to do this later on, I want you to go to YouTube and I want you to watch Pavel Datsuk highlights and watch how he just undresses people with his dekes and dunks and passes and everything else. The guy with a stick is phenomenal. Anyway, he was in a contract dispute with the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings offered the rights to him to New Jersey for Scott Gomez. Now, you obviously have no idea who Scott Gomez is, do you? No. Scott Gomez was a two-way player that had a massive scoring touch, and he was a hero in Canada for some of the stuff he did in the Olympics. Lou Lamorello is one of the greatest NHL executives of all time. He was a, I believe he was a pretty decent player as well, and he's a legend in New Jersey. In fact, I'm 90% sure he is the reason the Devils are where they were last year. Um, he turned down the trade. One for one. Turned it down. That's who became a Hall of Famer. Gomez didn't play another game for the Devils until 2014. He left for the Rangers, was traded to Montreal. He also played in San Jose and Florida before coming back to New Jersey for one season. He finished his career in St. Louis and in Ottawa. Datsuk played another nine seasons with Detroit, was part of the 08 Cup team, scored 590 points, made it to the Hall of Fame, won three Selkie trophies, two Ted Lindsay trophies, which is the Players Association MVP, and was one of the hockey's best 100 players. How big of a blunder is that for New Jersey? Um, I don't even, I mean, that's on it's the bad. scale of, yeah. That would be like Denver turning down a trade, Tim Tebow for, oh, who would have been a complimentary player like that? Uh, I don't know, somebody, uh, Patrick Mahomes or something like that. I don't know. That's not even close, but whatever. Anyway, uh This is going to be a recurring thing on all of our shows from now on. Stats that seem fake, but are true. Did you know, Dan, that the Cubs won their first ever series in New York City against the Yankees? And it may be the first ever series they won against the Yankees, period. Did you know that? I did not, no. 120 plus years on both sides. The Cubs never won a series against the Yankees. Now, granted, interleague play has a lot to say about that, especially since even during the infancy of interleague play, Cubs and the Yankees never played against each other. But still, two of the most storied franchises in baseball history. And it's not a shock that the Yankees dominated that. How about this, Dan? The last Browns head coach to win a game in New England was Bill Belichick. That's funny. That's depressing. That's funny. Even with the Browns taking that five-year hiatus, that is depressing. Do they change? Do do the Browns play them this year? Don't know. Hope not. Actually, I kind of hope they do. I think because I'm not sold on Mac Jones. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. Anyway, last thing: stolen bases are up in Major League Baseball. Last year, there were 2,486 stolen bases in all of 2022. There are already 1,957 in 2023. They are uh, 530-ish behind, and we still have round about 75 games for each team. That's going to get smoked, right? Uh, You would have to think so. It has to be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be all for us. Breaking news. The NL won the All-Star game for the first time since 2012. Who's the MVP? Think about it. Hold on. Uh, It it literally just ended. Uh, It's probably going to be Elias Diaz because he hit a uh, two-run homer to have them take the lead in the top of the eighth. But think about that. The AL has won for 11 years straight. AL has better players, and it's not even close. 
that's going to bring us to an end here on the Players Name Letter podcast. You're going to get some wrestling stuff from us. We're going to break down the drafts at a later date. We're also going to give you, we're going to start rolling out our previews for the NHL and the NBA here shortly. We're going to give you a playoff preview. We're going to talk a little bit about wrestling. But ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of a named lighter who can make it better. See ya!